Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the What's the Logic podcast. And welcome to What's the Logic podcast. I am CJ Says DC. And I am Innovative. All right. And we are in the nation's capital. This is our very first podcast. We were kind of talking about why I was talking about uh, what, wondering what topics we were going to do for tonight. But since it's our first episode, so innovative, uh, you know, had the idea that we would just kind of um, freestyle it and just talk about whatever topic comes to mind. So, off my chest and my heart about a little bit about voting. Um, we had early voting here in D.C. today. Um, just to give you an idea of what happened to me, I'm walking literally to my polling day after I Googled uh, that it would be open today until 7 o'clock. Got there at the school. There's kids running around everywhere. Security guard looks at me and goes, how can I help you? And I'm like, I'm here to vote. Uh, I'm voting today. Uh, you will vote on Tuesday. So I went to the wrong polling place, but uh, that will never deter me from not doing the right thing. So I just want to encourage everybody else, Tuesday, get out. Whatever you have to do, get out and vote. That's right. You want to get out and vote. There is still time to at least check your, your polling place. I'm not really sure if you all can still register or not. It's important. I stand. What is, uh, what's the website? What is the website that you go and That's check your, your voting place? That's a good question. I think today. Because, but but you know, I'll just go ahead and say he did check his voting place on this website today, and he walked in in the middle. I think school was still going on. Uh, so, you know, you want to make sure. I believe you use Google. Google what your polling place is. Gettothepolls.com. Uh, Gettothepolls.com. That's where you want to go. Put in your address. Uh, it will give you the direct place where you'll go to uh do your voting. All That's right. Right. And you make sure make sure that you check and you know what you need in your state to go vote. Some places require ID, others do not. Uh so just make sure you check before you guys to vote. And voting on uh November seventh is extremely important. You need to exercise your right to vote. And uh also phone a friend and phone phone a member and make sure they can vote too. And in case somebody needs to write that day, you may want to waive your gas. Gas fees, uh, your gas money fees to the to the polling place. I'm not waving my <laughs> gas money fees. They can definitely Maybe not charge people so they can get to the polls. Help me pay to nope. get there. <laughs> Especially if I'm using my time and my energy. Please slip me five to seven dollars to get me yeah, that. Yeah, that's messed up. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, on the subject of of voting, uh, Oprah Winfrey, President Barack Obama, has gone to Georgia's food campaign. Stacey Abrams. That is, is that correct. correct. Uh, just so you guys know, Stacey Abrams is uh, up to be the first African American woman if she to wins. be governor if she of wins. Georgia. If she wins, it's a big deal. Um, this is someone who is a graduate of Spelman College. She also graduated from an Ivy League college, Yale University. Um, she also served, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with the state of Georgia before. So. Well-qualified candidate. Um, Georgia's definitely looking for uh, something new in reference to um, someone that's just going to represent them. It's changing a lot. Um, I think a lot of times some some of the bigger cities, but uh, sometimes it boils down to those rural cities as well that need uh, representation. And I just feel like Stacey has been able to do both. She's a country girl, Grew up real country, but still had uh, a little bit of city upbringing through college and what have you to where she's just been, like, dominating right now. I'm very, very happy um, about what's happening in the state of Georgia. And she's within the margin of error uh, with uh, Ron DeSantis, I believe it is. He is a Republican that is running against Stacey Abrams in Georgia, which is why... Uh, Oprah and Obama went to Georgia because it, uh, you know, it really could come down to just a couple of thousands of votes. Oh, wait a minute, is DeSantis uh, Georgia or Florida? 
You know he could be Florida. <laughs> wait, I was like, wait a minute. Wait, wait, who's the uh, Republican in uh I in forgot Georgia? his name. I forgot uh, his name. Uh uh uh, I do some research, but yeah, I think that's uh, the guy that's I'm running have to uh, look. against Gilliam. Andrew Gilliam. Yeah, yeah. Who is running in Florida? That is correct. And while we look up uh, the running mate for Georgia, we can talk a little bit about that because Andrew Gilliam would be the first uh, Democratic governor if he wins since I believe 1992. That is correct. So Florida, as we know, is a very conservative state. Um, I always talk about Florida in probably not the best of ways, which always considered two ways. Either you're going by party with young people think about, uh they don't necessarily live there, but then you have the retirees, some of our more seasoned grandparents and, 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 and those uh people in that age group. So they're very conservative down there. So for me, uh Andrew Gillum, if you guys don't know, is the current mayor of Tallahassee. Um he's a graduate of FAMU College, uh came from a great background, um he has a great following, and I can tell you the people of Florida are fired up for him. It's but great. you know what's very surprising to me is that um, Florida has a lot of immigration. And everything that's going on with the wall in, in Mexico and uh, Trump basically trying to throw um, a lot of the brown people uh, down in the south out of the country, uh, trying to separate the families. They had this big thing with the separation of families at the border. Um, but there have been a lot of immigration in Florida. You would just assume that um, it would lean more for Democrats than it would for Republicans because uh, they there's a lot at stake for minorities in Florida. This you is would true. Think they would easily support the Democratic um, candidate. But not I think case. what you fail to realize as well is a lot of people from the Latina background. Um, share those conservative values. These are strong Catholics who have that Catholic faith uh, that represents uh, the religious part of the Republican Party. So when you started talk about family values and jobs and uh, you know having a two-parent household, these are the things that are withheld very strongly within the Republican Party. So I don't deny that that is something that they're uh, you know drawn to. You have people like. Anna Navarez, who is a strict, very strong Republican. Um, and now I just read on Twitter the other day that she just threw her vote for Andrew Gillum as well. So, yeah, it's taken the first time. It'll be the first time. She's always Democrat. voted Republican. So, this is a strong advocate on the Republican side who probably get some of those, uh, you know, votes uh, that she would, you know, be able to do that. But, I mean, what's going on right now is. And not just Latino, Cuban. Yeah. Uh, it's a big Cuban population. Haitian, um, I believe that's a big. Puerto Rican. Yeah. yeah. Population. I mean, those, those people look to individuals who have that insight. And for Anna but, to really do that publicly says a lot. But you know, Latinos in particular, uh, there were a lot of stories of Latinos that voted for Trump only to have their relatives or husbands or wives or children be deported. And they regretted it. Afterwards, so I can understand maybe in 2016 voting for the Republican, voting for Trump, but after watching everything unfold that's happened over these last couple of years, to me it would be a no-brainer for minorities, particularly in the South where immigration it doesn't work that way. Immigrations to vote for Democrats. It doesn't work that way. It, even when I grew up in Mississippi, Alabama, again, it goes back to those values. It goes back to what. Uh, what it means when you're you're here, you're stumping this out in the southern states of what it means to have those values. So when you start to talk about anything outside of that, it scares them. They're gonna, shouldn't your family be at the top of the value? You would think it's so. like your family, your money, you know, maybe your faith, you know, whatever order you know your values are in. You would put your, I would think your family would be at the top. So if there is any chance at all, your family could be deported and sit back to a country where they don't feel safe, where they haven't lived in years, to me that would be my main priority to vote for a candidate who wouldn't want to kick my family member out of the country to a place where they would feel unsafe, a place that is unfamiliar to them. And then maybe after that, you know, it would be my money and, you know, some of these other things. But keeping my family together as a unit seems to me like it would be I the don't even get that far in, in, their, in their mindset, even when we start to think about what happened on the campaign trail or even after that when Trump 
kept stating that he was going to keep, uh, you know, illegals from coming to this country, basically those from Mexico. He's called, you know, African countries names have like other uh, more, I guess, white countries to have them to come over here instead. Even with those types of uh, words that have been spoken through Trump, they don't even see it that way. I'm like, he's clearly talking about your people. These are people who are coming from Puerto Rico, coming from Mexico, yeah. who's coming from Honduras, and you guys are just like, oh yeah, but he's going to support the Latino community, so I'm, and right. you know, I'm going to vote for him. And I think, I think one thing that minorities quite don't realize is that uh, I think a lot of people believe if you reach a certain status in life, you get enough education, you get enough money, uh, they believe they yes. are not a part of that group. Yep. But, you know, we, especially in this country, it's a lot of judging the book by its cover. So when someone sees you, they see you, they see you as a minority, as a Latino, as a black person. They can't see all the education that you have. They can't see all the money that you have. So to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense for people to try to separate themselves and say, yes, well, you know, I am a minority, but I'm not a group. I'm over here with this group uh, closer to uh, whites than any other group, just based off of your money, uh, maybe uh, economic status, maybe social status, uh, educational background. Um, and they think that they can vote differently because they have, I guess, worked their way outside or work their way out of the stereotypes of uh, minorities. I can kind of see that. I'm going to turn the page just a little bit because you mentioned something that kind of struck a nerve with me, which was putting these people in categories. And what do I mean by that? You either have to vote Republican or you vote Democrat, which to me, I cannot believe in this day and age that our generation has not stood up to say, this is insane. We don't live in a, a black and white world. We live in a a cold and hot world. There are things that are constantly changing. So for me to tell me you can only vote two ways sounds completely ridiculous. Well, I absolutely believe I, we live in a black and white world. I don't believe that uh, at all. You can't be no, kidding me with that. It, it, it is a black, it is, well, me, a black and white world. There's so um, many in between you know, for you to say that. It's either, you, you can't say that. That's like saying, oh, well, there's only male and female. That's, well, not quite. That's not quite the same. Not quite okay. the same. Uh, it's not quite the okay. same. But but to me, it is a black and white world. There there are no gray areas. Um, so either you you're supporting the Republican Party one thousand percent. There's nothing in that party that makes you go, oh yeah, that. Mm. Or the well, same with well, the Democrats. Is that nothing? Thing, you got to support the them one hundred percent. The thing about that is, is the candidates are either on the right or the left. I would completely support a person that decided to you know to that that wanted to support a candidate that was somewhere in the middle. If you wanted to be in the middle, somebody was bipartisan, fine. The problem with that is Abrams is on the left. Um, uh, Brian Kemp, that's his name, he's on the right. DeSantis is on the right. Gilliam is on the left. There is no middle candidate, so you have to decide one way or the other. I'm going to be know, honest with you. I, you know, I, I believe what, what there would be a middle candidate. And I believe that if we didn't have these titles, one of these individuals could lean in the middle, but because we're so blinded by what they're telling us we have to do, it's either one or the other, we, we can't see the middle. Well, well, I don't think that it's a one or the other. There's two candidates. Again, you're going back to where we are with this crazy structure of it's either a Republican or Democrat. Why is that? Why don't we have a, a, a way where we don't get two to choose from? Why can't we choose between multiple candidates? Even if it is three or four different candidates, or you can say, you know what, this person represents me better than that person, versus only get two to choose from. Oh yeah, well, but throughout history, there have been, you know, other really big uh, we know. political parties. We got parties. the Green Party, yeah, the, the Independent. Well, the Green, the Green and Independent. I mean, Green Party is not that. I mean, Whig parties. You know, the other historical parties that that had presidents uh, that come out of it. Uh, we do have some independents. Unfortunately, they don't get the traction um, until, well, not really ever. Uh, they don't get the media coverage. They are not um, a lot of times included or involved in the conversations. Uh, and so you ultimately have to decide between one or, one, one or the other. Now, I do completely agree with you. It would be nice to get to a point someplace in the future where we can 
decide based off the person that we like and we can decide um we can decide without having to pick a person um no that, that is affiliated great. with a particular party uh but here's the issue with that we can't do that right now right because in 2016 in 2016 the independent voters you, you know it, it, the, those candidates have a chance and those really i hate to say this but they're wasted votes because we wouldn't have donald trump if the jill stein voters if the you know bernie resist voters had voted for hillary but Clinton. you have to understand where we're coming from this was so messy Hillary Clinton, who they had deemed as some kind of uh, left-wing uh, conspiracy person that has been dealing with uh, uh, underhanded things. She's sneaky. Uh, you can't trust her. You can't definitely trust her husband. Then you got Donald Trump, on the other hand, where you know he's Hollywood. Uh, now they're saying that they were saying that he was racist. Uh, he cheated on his wife. Like, what can you do after that is my question. What does that look like? What does that sound like? Because you're, you're, you're telling me at this point, oh, well, they, they had wasted votes. No, I, I clearly believe that these people were upset at the fact that they only had two freaking people to, to, to vote for who they absolutely not like. They were going crazy. They're like, I have no other choice but to go to the, the third party. And yes, people were like, you know, that was crazy of them. They probably could have had Hillary Clinton to win. But I understood their frustration. That's hard to sit there and say, well, you got to go to Hillary Clinton. My mom always says when it comes down to elections, you're just choosing the lesser devil. But don't you think a vote for an independent candidate has no chance of winning? They throw a vote. Nope, let me tell you why. So, no, 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 no. Let me tell you why. Because we told people that a part of your duty being here in the United States is voting. We didn't say who you needed to vote for. We just said go to the polls and vote. Okay, but here's the thing, right? Okay. Here's the thing. If you... Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are crazy different. Okay. Right? Right. So one of those two are going to win. And even though I agree that Hillary Clinton just was not a good candidate, in my opinion, to put up, my values aligned more with Hillary's at the time where she was running. So the choice was between Donald Trump and it was between Hillary Clinton. Now, independents decide on their own who they want to vote for, which is totally up to them. But how can you complain when you get somebody in the White House like Donald Trump? Because they voted. Because they voted. They represent you when you vote for the person that closest represents. You're not going to get the person that exactly uh, represents 100, right? Can I tell why you why? For the person Even when I think about this, and I hate to say this out loud, because I love Hillary Clinton. I think she would have been a great candidate in theory. This is the problem with this, though. Can you imagine if Hillary Clinton really got in office and how bad they would have drugged, like literally came up with some crazy, crazy things from her? The past, and they're going to bring up, now we got the Me Too movement where women That's are true. coming forward saying, hey, this happened to me. We are already revisiting what happened between Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. Clearly. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we're so, you know what I'm saying? This woman else. would not be able to live normal as a normal president without having things held over her head. So, that's why. But, but, would... Liz, but that's okay, though, right? Because, I mean, I'm sure she expected that. She knew that was coming. Of course. She knew that they would always bring that up. And before I go further with, my, with what I was saying, we did have a caller on the line that was on hold for 10 minutes that I guess wanted to call in and, and say their piece about what we're talking about. And uh, I think the call did expire. Um, sorry about that. If you want to call back, uh, we can try to get you in. In fact, we will get you in. Uh, but I did see you and I was planning to get you in. Um, so sorry about that. Um, but it was seem to me that you would vote the person that is just closest to your values. That's it. I understand. And, 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 some, and I understand someday you would like to get us to a point where a person can vote for, we can have three or four candidates on the ticket. Yep. Unfortunately, we're not at that place in history yet. So you have to decide. I hate to say it's the lesser of two evils, but that's, that's, that's exactly really what it, what it is. is. That's really what it is. You know, I, it's, as much as I like you, 
uh, so innovative and I think you're smart and you have really good ideas, I would not waste a vote on you because I know you don't have a chance of winning. I understand. And all those people that throw those votes away, sometimes these counties and these cities come down to just a couple hundred. In Virginia, uh, in the House of Representatives in Virginia, uh, there was it came down to one vote, and that one vote decided the control of either Democrats or Republicans. So, you know, these when you think you're just these protest votes for these independent parties that you know can't win, you think they're just nothing. You think it doesn't mean anything. Okay, what ended up what ends up happening ultimately is you get end up with a person or a person wins that's completely different that has different uh opinions than you um and and you could have just went with a person that was closer to your view i didn't it. have to like them personally no i get it you know i think a lot of people didn't like hillary clinton personally but she was you know she was a democrat and right. her, her things and 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 a lot of things that are happening in the country right now just not would be happening i got it now, but let me tell you a little be, bit about i'm not gonna interrupt you but I'm, I'm thinking about donald trump as well i used to be a fan of his as donald trump um, this was somebody who was a mogul. Uh, this was somebody who hung around with the wealthy of the wealthy. So I'm sorry, I was one of those people that liked Donald Trump. Trump, you know how many times or many seasons I watched The Apprentice. Um, I love reality shows. Period. So to 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 literally see Donald Trump in action, I I thought he was really cool. It wasn't until I started to dig into the research about um, him on the political side that I went, oh my gosh, like, I think for me too, there was a little bit of hesitation because um, an ignorance on my part that I didn't think someone uh, of that caliber had so much to say politically. I was wrong. I thought these people would care more about my money, where is it going, and how can I make more? Instead, I felt like at this point, Donald Trump had hit a plateau. He's like, I've made the type of money I wanted to make. I've had the type of shows I've had. Um, I am Donald Trump. What else can I do? He's so like, so for me, I think I'm just going to run for president. So what you're saying is become, being president is Absolutely. I think people like that, they get to a point in their life where they're trying to figure out what's next for me. Mm-hmm. And when you've done that, and I think, again, Donald Trump opened this door for more uh, sports figures and celebrities and singers and uh, I think they, they, uh, I read an article today that Akon, the rapper, is actually thinking about a 2020 run. He's opened that mindset uh, of people who, uh, who might have thought about it. They're like, oh, it can actually become reality. But when you think about it, even growing up, people used to say anybody can be president. Well, you know, Ronald Reagan actually opened that door, right. you know, coming from Hollywood and going into politics and becoming president, ultimately. And um, I, 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 he is opening the door. On one hand, I think it is a good idea that people really feel like they could be president. Yeah. I mean, really, anybody could be the president. You should have but at the that. same that time, it's like, you know, you, you don't really want any and everybody oh, to be see, president. That's not what we were you told. Know, we were told like, that you know, anybody can be president. Now, well, you need to come with stipulations you know, just, that he has he ever served is, in government. Is, uh, have you ever uh, been in any political arena? Oh, you haven't? Then you're you're not qualified. That's not the American way I was taught. I just I was taught that in it just made a blanketed statement. Anybody can that, be president. That is true. That How many times true. have we watched Anybody like um, movies where uh, the, uh, Chris Rock all of a sudden was uh, in a movie where he became president one day? It's because we we had that American hope that truly anybody could become president. But did did Donald is Donald Trump an example of anybody can become president? Uh, because really Donald Trump's tactic to get in the White House, it wasn't one of, you know, just a person arriving to the top on, you know, a good message. It really was driven on fear. Um, and I, it, it's, it's more so he schemed his way, in my opinion, to, to, to the White House. No, it is not. No, it, it is. let me tell it, you what it was. Donald Trump is an opportunist. He found a something that triggered that triggered interest, which was there was a group of people who knew that after this election with Barack Obama would have complete rage, 
um, they would be upset as any candidate, as any uh, uh, you know Democrat or Republican after the president has left, and then uh, the next party takes over. You're going to be a little bitter. You're going to be a little sad. I think mm-hmm. Donald Trump hubbed in on that and was, and was like, guess what? There are a group of people. And I'm doing quotation marks, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. So there are no, uh, well, no, you know what I'm talking about. There was a group of people that felt like, oh, well, we're we're no longer represented. Uh, we've been left out. I was like, well, thank God, y'all finally know how um, African American people feel for years that had no representation, and then when we get it, uh, those people are still in the background. So forgive us for having eight years of uh, having an African American president and made your whole life. Uh, turn upside down. Well, Forgive know, I, me. I, I, but what I, I want to say is, at that point, he, he figured it out. He was like, this is a perfect opportunity to grab those types of people who are feeling a certain type of way, and he played on those emotions. I've always heard. Donald Trump, and, and he figured that out. He can play on those emotions. But if you emotions. feel left out, how is it that you feel like a person that was born into millions, that is an alleged billionaire, how could a person in rural America, uh, uh, a low-wage person, even a middle-wage middle, middle wage person, a middle-income person, a low-income person uh, that has a hard time paying for health care, has a hard time buying groceries, hard time making bills meet, how is it that a billionaire that was born into millions, how do you feel that person represents you, or how do you feel like that person is including you. That's a part of America. That's what makes us great. Everybody doesn't have to come from grassroots. I don't need to know that your story was you collected cans out for the side of the street and uh, your dad worked a a regular job and your mom made ends meet. uh, Everybody doesn't have that story. And what I'm saying is I'm not blaming people who have actually had that silver spoon in their mouth and then we're slapping them on the Well, no, no, not at all. Not at all, right? Well, well, you shouldn't be that. You can't relate to their I and I've been very careful since Donald Trump was elected to not say that I was blaming him or it you know he had money so he should not be the president or you know my thing my specifically what I'm talking about is how does a poor middle American person look at Don, look at Donald Trump and goes he represents me I mean, how? <laughs> how could we say that about many of about our presidents? They, they, well, well Barack, Barack Obama, Barack Obama, he grew up poor in a single family household, and he was an African American. It's very easy for people to identify in those three things. Both Bushes <laughs> got in, and Bush second truly represented a, a, a legacy and a dynasty where it came to where uh, clearly he that himself didn't have to that go through true. anything and he got voted in not once. Oh, oh, hold on one second because we have a caller on the line. Caller, we are going to bring you in. And you are live, caller. Okay, good. I just got here. And I called in because you guys are talking about politics. So I presume you'll be talking about Trump, the Democrats, the midterms, etc. So I thought I'd join in. Oh yeah. Hey that's sir, right. welcome. How you doing? We're doing pretty good. How about yourself? Not bad. Are you are you engaged in any specific topic, or is it like an open mic? Well, well, it's it's pretty open. But uh, what we were talking about when you dialed in was um, uh, identifying with people that voted for Trump, who identifies with him, who says that they look at him and he represents them. And my question to my uh, co-host was, how does a person in middle, middle America who has a low income, who has a hard time making ends meet, hard time paying for health care, hard time buying groceries, how do you look at Donald Trump and you say, he represents me? And okay. because a lot mm-hmm. of people have said that. A lot of people have said, you know, he, he, he represents me. He represents, you know, where I'm, where I'm from and I look at him with him. And it's just kinda hard for me for a poor person mm. to, to for me to understand how a poor person identifies with a billionaire. Like a, how you can see something in a billionaire that represents you. I'm having a hard time with that. Okay. Well, I'm not a rich person myself but I didn't vote for Trump because I thought his temperament would probably have me blown up by now. But luckily <laughs> I was proven wrong. And what he has done is um, lowered the unemployment rate for everyone and raised the standard of living for just about everybody. 
And even though he's a billionaire, he doesn't act like an elitist. He's a blue-collar billionaire, which is a nice title which people have given him. He's crude and rude, and um, you know, and people might identify with that. Right. Now, with the economic situation, um, he um, prior to his getting into office, he wasn't responsible for anybody um, getting out of work. We've had Obama before him, Bush before Obama, um, et cetera, and Clinton. And people were praising, when they do praise, the economic climate that um, these presidents have created. But nobody has reached the kind of record heights that Trump has done in the, in the past two years. And when he's that kind of guy, you went, when he got elected, nobody liked him, not even his own office. <laughs> That's right. You know, everybody thought, and I thought the same thing, that he probably knew of other people's skeletons in the closet. They, they took a look at him as a threat, both Democrats and Republicans. And apparently they, they were right. He is a threat. He did, when he first got in, um, appoint people who were from Goldman Sachs, which I didn't particularly care for, since Goldman Sachs, to me, is um, a true representation of the one percenters who would kill off just about everybody on the planet just to make uh-huh. sure that they would own the planet. That's right. But, but then he got rid of them. If you remember, everybody was criticizing him for hiring and then firing, you know, like he was still on The Apprentice. But um, I'm going to ask you real quick. Wasn't it, mm-hmm. it, it Trump as well that was saying that Hillary Clinton was the one that was going to go to Wall Street and, 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 and all of this stuff, which I agree. I was very taken back when Goldman Sachs was like his go-to people. Yeah, you know, because people I don't want in, you know <laughs> – in America, controlling things any more than they already are, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, and the rest. Yeah. But when he hired them, he fired them, and he still got some conflicts with a lot of the people that he, you know, that he's put into office and appointed already. Um, one, for example, which I'm glad he's kind of getting into a uh, a conflict with, is the guy Powell, who's the head of the Federal Reserve. Now, right. Trump has no power over the Federal Reserve. Nobody. That's right. Federal Reserve's charter allows it to be completely free from even judicial review. So even though the head of the Federal Reserve can be appointed by the uh, by the president, once he's appointed, he he has to answer to no one. He can raise interest right. rates, lower interest rates at will, That's and they right. can complain, but they can't do anything. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know. So let me ask you this: Do mm-hmm. you see? this political climate going next in reference to, uh, I guess, the midterms coming up on Tuesday? Is there, is there like, an indication that you, you see things changing, or do you think oh. this is something that's going to go yeah. into uh, 2020? Right, the hashtag blue wave, right? They, they say there is a yeah. alleged blue wave that is, is coming. <laughs> uh, the bit, uh, where, where, where do you think, uh, what do you think the outcome will be on Tuesday? Well, I'm hoping that the Republicans um, take control of the House and the Senate. Now, I'm a libertarian, and when people were saying that to me a few weeks ago, I was saying, look, you can't vote for the lesser of two evils because you've still got evil in there. But then I started yes, thinking about it. That. That's yes, right. I agree. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah. Um, but when I was thinking about it, and I'm thinking to myself, usually when I when I um, take a look at that bromide and I compare Mephistopheles with uh, Beelzebub, I'm always saying, well, okay, Mephistopheles is on the left is on the left hand side, and Beelzebub is on the right hand side, and they're both of equal evil. But this time, if the Republicans don't get in there, the Democrats will impeach Trump, will impeach Kavanaugh, will will rescind the um, executive orders that um, Trump has done. They'll bring back the regulations which stifles business. Um, they'll um, bring back taxes. They'll allow illegal immigrants into the country by the millions, and our and our country will go to shit. So I'm saying, look, let's get the Republicans in there this time for the midterms, but then afterwards, let's work to get the Democrats and the Republicans the hell out of the uh, hell out of office, and put in some libertarians, you know, or third what party you, people. What what are, what are do you have any ideas about immigration? Uh, it is my personal opinion that that uh, a a wall would would not uh, it 
I don't believe it did not work. I don't believe it would ever get fully built. I think the next time we had a Democratic president or uh, a Democratic Congress, uh, they would stop funding it. It would be a partially built wall that won't be maintained that will eventually crumble. Um, and so I, I just I'm not in favor of a wall. I do agree we need to do something about uh, illegal immigration. Um, but I do think um, that this this idea that that they're all murderers and rapists and, and this this whole rhetoric is is obviously not true and it's been proven false. Even though there are some bad ones that come, uh, there are a a lot of of good ones. But even with the good ones, we still have to do something about uh, illegal immigration. I don't really have a whole lot of ideas. Um, do you have any ideas about how we can? Uh, stop illegal immigration, but also maybe give asylum to some people that are facing death back home for for uh, whatever their particular beliefs, being Christians, maybe their sexuality, whatever they come to America and seek asylum for. Uh, is there any way where we can kind of pick those people out, out you know, keeping everybody else, uh, pick them out to come in into America while keeping everybody else out? Well, you're talking to a radical here. I don't want any immigrants in here. I don't want legal or illegal. We have so not, not, not even ones that would face death back home? No, not even those who are seeking asylum because they're not my people. Americans are my people. We have 95 million Americans who are out of work. They're the ones who have the right to have the first bite of the apple, not foreigners who come over to our shores, legal or illegal, and grab the jobs of either the lower-skilled workers, the middle-skilled workers, or the higher-skilled workers. We can't okay. afford, you know, we can't afford to have people who won't assimilate. And the children might assimilate, but the ones who come over here will not assimilate because people who arrive right. at our shores never assimilate, or let's say rarely assimilate. Um, and in this period of time, we have conflicts going on between PC and no PC. Um, mm. I don't want any immigrants. Now, if we didn't have an unemployment problem, now even though Trump, he's done well, if you take a look at the government statistics, but if you take a look at the real government statistics, we're doing really badly. We have, like I said, 95 million out of work who are able-bodied persons who can't get a job, stop looking for a job, but at the same time are not even counted in the Bureau of Labor Statistics as part of the unemployment problem. So when the Bureau of Labor, uh, Labor starts reporting problems, they say, well, we've only got 5 or 6% unemployment. Bullshit. We have like 20% unemployment. We have at least one out of every five per- people who are, don't have a job. Well, let, I, let me, this, this is just my personal experience. Okay, my personal experience has been um, since I've been a, a teenager, since the time I turned 18, I got out and I started looking for work. I mean, and I hit the ground running, uh, applying every single place, showing up early for everything. Um, I had a lot of friends uh, who were not working. Uh, I knew a lot of people that were not working. When I found out about opportunities for us to work, uh, I was the only person that showed up. All these people that had told me they were looking for jobs, uh, none of those people showed up and were really actively looking. I was there, and uh, people that had immigrated to America was there. But all the people that so claimed they were looking for this work, that people were taking jobs from them, none of them actually showed up when I let them know these opportunities were there. So I, I, I not sure I believe everybody that's hollering about we can't find jobs. Uh, in fact, I, I can say I definitely don't believe that that is, in fact, the case. Um, and right. also, I, mm-hmm. there, are, there are some cities and some areas that it's, it's, just, it's just how it – okay, I, I'll just say I relocated uh, to another city to find work, uh, to find a job that, that was really good. I had to uproot myself and move. The opportunities that I have now just wasn't available. So I, I have to question uh, how much people are doing to actually find work. Uh, are you le- learning a trade? Are you actively still learning? Are you actively doing things uh, to, to go out and, and, and find work? Um, that's, that's just that, that 
And the other uh, point I wanted to make was I think one of the things that makes America so great to me is the fact that we are, you know, we, we uh, a lot of us, not everybody, but a lot of us have hearts. We, we have, you know, we, we feel for people. We're very empathetic and sympathetic for people. Uh, we have always been uh, a, a help in the world. We help out where we can and where we need to. And uh, I, I don't think we would be America if we turned people away who were in danger of losing their lives back where they, you know, where from wherever country they came from, you know, just for being free thinkers. I think that's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, that that is America. That's that's why people come here because we, you know, we we have hearts and and we think differently than other countries around the world who are just so vicious to people. But we allow people to be free thinkers and we allow them to live the way that they choose to live. So you know, I think closing down you know, the borders and not letting anybody in would be actually be un-American. Well, what about the 95 million Americans <clears throat> who are out of work? Well, I I don't I see a lot of not that all minorities are are in labor and housekeeping, but I don't see Americans uh, competing for those jobs. I don't see a lot of people showing up to be housekeepers. Uh, and to be, you know, cut grass and do those things. I, I don't think that uh, uh, Americans well, well, let me, really let me are going for yeah. those jobs. And, and there are also jobs. People just aren't skilled to fill those positions. So, you know, it's, it's, it's you well, know, they are skilled. there has to be some self-accountability when it comes to finding work and it comes to making yourself marketable, um, you know, for two jobs. Well, you do have to make yourself marketable, but those um, those particular skills you're talking about can apply to anybody. But when you've gone to college and you've worked to get the degree, and you know that the minimum wage is eleven dollars, twelve dollars, thirteen dollars, etc., you didn't go to college, get the degree in order to get a job for six, seven dollars an hour. Now, when the immigrants come over here, they're being employed for six, seven, eight dollars an hour, plus the threat about being deported. So they're very good workers. So they don't they don't yes. give guff. Um, they do whatever they have to do fairly well when it comes to you know the blue collar work. But they're taking the jobs away from Americans who deserve the fifteen dollars an hour. Well, that's just a uh, those are just good. It's a good business decision to somebody that'll work for $10 versus hiring somebody that'll work for $20. You know, that's not necessarily, you know, on, on the, and also these companies have hired these people. So, you know, it's not, there. these immigrants aren't walking in demanding jobs. A lot of these companies that are owned by Republicans, including Trump, you know, employ these people. Uh, at their properties for these lower wages. It, to me, those are good business decisions. It's not really. Um, well, maybe so, but it's still mean, hurting I, Americans. Uh, I'm, you know, if if you're a businessman, you want to lower costs. So if you can, you will. Right. But at the same time, there shouldn't be laws in place that penalize an American businessman for offering, let's say, somebody ten dollars an hour to do a job, mm-hmm. but he gets penalized for it. Okay, if he offers it to an American, but if he offers it to an immigrant, the immigrant isn't going to complain about anything. He's not going to go to his union and start complaining about his boss. But an American, knowing his rights, wants to be treated fairly on the job, and you know will accept a job if he really needs to, to get the money to provide for his family. But then again, the businessman's going to say, "Well, this guy's going to leave." after a year or two, to get a higher job because he's qualified for that higher job. So what we need is an economic climate that will make it fair for Americans. When you have 40 million, uh, 40, million Ill, uh, 40 million illegals who are here since 1970 with a green card, that's competition for jobs. And they're not just competing for landscaping. That's right. Don't forget, the Indians are coming over here. They're going through our universities. They're getting engineering degrees, going back home. A lot of staying here. And they're competing for Americans for the middle-skilled and the higher-skilled jobs. 
Americans deserve better than that. Now, when it comes to the asylum question, it's good to have that kind of heart. But I'm for Americans first. Now, if we only can have I, like one. Mm-hmm. Can, can I ask you, are you talking from firsthand experience? Because my experience has not been of, of that. I, I know there are a lot of people that said that has been their experience. I have personally have uh, had a number of jobs, I mean, making next to nothing to uh, a good amount of money. And, you know, I've, I've gone in for interviews. I went in for interviews against people that had advanced degrees, uh, some American, some not. And, you know, it's just that I've always done the work to make myself marketable. Uh, I did not have the same degrees as everyone else. But I went in offering uh, just, you know, there was just a lot that I, I learned on my own. And I just went in offering what I could. And I've, you know, been lucky enough to get these jobs. You know, I'm not, it, it, it's up to, you know, the human resources or the person doing the interview to hire a person. And I've never personally had an issue with anybody competing. I mean, it's just, these are not firsthand experiences. I was just wondering if these firsthand experiences for you. First time experiences for what? Have you had a have you been competing or ever have you ever felt like you were competing for a job or if you lost out a job to an immigrant lost out on a job to an immigrant? Oh, or have yeah, you well, made a, a lot? Okay, yeah, okay. If you're over thirty five okay. or forty years of age, or forty five. Okay. Um, there's an unwritten rule where you can't be out of, um, unemployed for longer than four months, and you really can't be over forty five or fifty. There's a case where there's a woman who sent out over 1,000 resumes. I think she's either 52, 53, never got a bite. Mm-hmm. So um, when you're over 45 in today's climate, it is a buyer's market. They can buy anything they want. So they are going to buy whoever is available that's willing to buy, uh, willing to um, take the job at a lower cost. And if they feel that the person's going to stay there for a while, and if the person's very malleable and compliant, that's what um, uh, owners want. But when you have people, again, who have been out there, who are over 40, 45 experienced, you would think that they would be the ones that employers want. But there are times when the experienced person knows more than the person who's hiring them and sometimes they can get into a little conflict. They can get right. into differences of opinion about how to do something. Um, but when you get out of an immigrant, immigrants not gonna not gonna complain at all. It's Jose, do that. Yes, sir. You know, but well, if the you know, but if the mm-hmm. I, I I don't I don't necessarily I don't necessarily mind that. I mean, I I think they they are gonna say. Uh, you know, they, they're going to do it because they're just grateful to have a job and they're grateful. You know, they're coming from countries where a lot of them are, you know, in severe poverty. So uh, it's, un- it's understandable, understandable for them to just say, you know, I'll do it. And um, in not give any argument about it, one of the issues that I have, uh, particularly with people that work in fast food in, in America, uh, even though a lot of them have gotten you know, wage hikes, uh, they've raised um, some minimum wage in a lot of these places. They still act like they don't want to work. They they just don't want to take your order. They don't want it right. So some of it, I think, is just um, entitlement. Uh, I think some people are just... Well, I think yeah, I mean, it goes on all over nice. the place, you see. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you see customer service people like that. And cashiers, I notice, are like that, especially... Uh, yes. Spanish cashiers who, for some young Spanish cashiers, who are young um, Arab cashiers, women in particular, more than men, they just act like, why am I here? I could do so much better. Are you crazy? <laughs> You're lucky <laughs> well, you got well, you a know, job. <laughs> I have to say that that has been my experiences with people of, of much and uh, fast food, fast food people, and I, I don't understand why it is that they uh, will stay there and they uh, won't go and find something better. But I do thank you for calling in. We are about to end this podcast. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, we, you know, we want to do this every Friday around this every time. Every Friday night. So you can uh, call in again next next week if you like, and uh, please be sure to go out on Tuesday and vote. Yeah, I will. All right. Well, take care, guys. Have a good weekend. Awesome. awesome. You Thank too. you. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, that was that was interesting. That was he had a very interesting uh, point of view. And, that was awesome. Um, I, I like and, the fact that to. Um, I love talking to people who's not too far right, not too far left. That's I understand right. if That's you right. are, but uh, That's right. I like the fact that he was respectfully in the middle. Right. Yeah. And he was open. The thing, here's the thing, is that you have to, whatever side you're on, whether you're on the right or the left or the middle, you have to be able to have open, respectful dialogue and conversation with people. Uh, that is how you learn. I think that the problem is not only are we having the conversation, but are you listening? That's right. It's That's one right. thing for right. you to have that conversation, but I think a lot of times, uh, I said this at work the other day, America has become so hung up on being right 100% of the time that when we have these conversations, it's not about listening. It's about, am I 100% right? Because if I'm 100% right, then somebody has to be wrong. And that's why I always say, I always say it, 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 you need to get around some people that have different opinions yep. than you, right? Because if you're surrounded by people that all believe that believe the same thing that you believe, you know, you guys are just all sitting around in a circle saying yes to each other. Nobody's really learning. Nobody's, yep. you know, you're not challenging thought. And and the caller they just called, and uh, you know, even though we do have some differences, obviously, uh, he was very respectful. Uh, you know, we were very respectful. So you have good dialogue. You go back and forth, and maybe you can still learn something. I mean, he so, said something yeah. that was powerful too. He said he didn't vote for Trump, mm-hmm. uh, but he's a libertarian. He's a libertarian, yeah. which means that there's yeah. a little bit of conservative values in there as well. Because he did say he wanted the Republicans to continue to take over the House or the Senate. Um, you know, I understand right. that, but uh, again, I love the fact that we have uh, a platform to be able to do this without uh, having that momentum of saying, "Oh, okay, I don't want to listen to that person." It's, it's my way, and I don't understand. Why right, I right, that. yeah. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. I think too. Um, this is something that we go, we went back to saying earlier. Um, at the end of the day, I feel like if we don't understand that we're all Americans, I feel like we've missed the boat right off the bat. Like, there's no sense in us that having these right. conversations because right. I should be able to understand, like, as a human race of people who we all claim we're all God's children. Where is that? Uh, respect level that I, that I exactly That's where right. is right. where did that go where is uh, I, I, something he said that I, that kind of struck me a little bit is he didn't want anybody to come in for <laughs> yeah. me I was like I'm thinking about a little girl in Africa. I'm thinking about somebody in Cambodia who have heard about America who have heard about a land of the free, the home of the brave. Uh, you go there, there's a land of opportunity. Um, you know, there are schools, there's education. Um, you get your lesson, you get a good job. You get a co- Those are the values that make America so awesome that's that right. I feel like that's, that's right. the reason why other countries want an opportunity to come up, even if it's just for a taste. And we are a and, country of immigrants. Yeah, sometimes I mean, that you know. taste even means uh, my father has to work, uh, has to walk 10 miles on a dirt road in, in India to save up all the money to send my kid over to the United States to get an education. Um, for me, I feel like if one does good, we all do good. If that means that one kid takes that information, goes back to India and makes his village or his city or town better because of that, that's making the world a better place. That's so right. for me, I feel like like you said, we are the poster child for opportunity. Yeah. And for people to come over here and bring that back, I, right. I just feel like that's what makes the American dream. There's no that's other right. country that's that right. people go, oh, I'm moving to London or France, uh, blah, 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 to, 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 to do better. No, you say, that's I'm right. moving to the United States. And we well, got it. As, as far as people coming here, I personally have never felt I've ever had to compete for a job. I... I mean, we both make well. We we both work for the government. We both make really good money. We both will probably severely unqualified for the job uh, that we have. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I mean, we're living in we live in the nation's capital, Listen. which is you know the top of the top people in the world. Well, not only with that, the most this advanced is an degree. expensive 
are to live here. And, right. Like you said, this is one of the and, places that have people who have the most degrees. And I don't have a college degree. And for me, I had to work just a little bit, just harder, a little bit harder than everybody else. I had to come in a little bit early. You know, I had to stay a little bit later than everybody Sometimes people just don't give good interviews. You know, sometimes it's you. I, I people, you know, I think people need a reason. Um, they they need a reason why they didn't get the job, and so they have to come up with these things. It's because you know, like he said, Jose will will just do the job and not you know not ask any questions. I think those are things that a lot of people come up with, tell themselves, which is why they didn't get the job. But really, it was just you, and maybe you just weren't that good of an interviewer. Maybe your energy just wasn't good. Maybe you just didn't connect. Um, because like I said, I've never personally even been severely unqualified uh, for, for some I understand that, but that also doesn't disqualify his yeah. stance on what he's experienced or what he has heard. Yes, you can't cancel that's, 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 that's out from that's somebody why I, else. That's why I Your asked him. Your experience yeah. is different. That's why I specifically we, asked him, you know, have you lived this? Is this your firsthand even experience? Even if he didn't experience firsthand, it's at the end of the day, everybody well, doesn't. No, 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 everybody, no. You have to have an opinion. It has to be based in something. That's not you know, true. It's not an intelligent opinion. That's your opinion If as it well. is not based in some sort of fact. Do you not know there's people who will never leave the United States because they're like, I'll never leave this country because... I have no reason to. We have our own beaches. We have our own uh, beautiful landscapes. Why would I go to another country where we got everything over well, here? Well, what I'm saying is like with 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 when it's not a like if you say uh, uh, immigrants are taking jobs, if you're saying immigrants are coming over and killing people and raping people, uh, you know those those statements have to be based in some sort of fact. And so if you haven't lived it firsthand that you've lost a job to an immigrant, that you've been raped by an immigrant, if you are repeating those things, to me it is a it's not an intelligent argument, it's not an intelligent opinion. Um and really it's not an opinion at all, right? Because when you think about it, if the the sky is blue, you can't have an opinion that it's brown. You know? Like your opinion is not based in fact, you really are just doing I disagree with that. I feel like that's exactly what an opinion is. It doesn't have to be factual. It's what I perceive it to be. It is what it's my freaking opinion. But you're telling me, oh, it needs to be fact. Let me tell you the problem with that is. If it's based in fact, then there's no opinion. That doesn't even make sense to me. Then then you should be able to agree with me that the sky is blue without hesitation. Listen, all I'm saying is that there are not everything is left up to interpretation. There are things that are fact. I agree. It is a fact that at this moment, whatever time it is, we are recording the podcast. So two weeks from now, you can't say, well, it was my opinion at, at 11 o'clock on Friday that we were out bowling. No, you can't have an opinion that is not based on some sort of fact. Okay. Now, now it can be a variation of fact, uh, hashtag alternative facts, Kelly Conway. It can be, you know, a, your interpretation of a fact. Like, uh, you know, if this, I say the sky is blue, you say the sky is awful. You know, was variation blue. So it can be a variation of a fact, but it can't be something that you just completely blew out because that is, that's not an opinion. It just you. Doing your boot, your bull crap. Anyway, okay, well, so we've gotten down to the last one minute and fifteen seconds. Oh wow! Uh, this was our very first podcast. We had a pretty good podcast. I was actually surprised we had callers because I was not expecting any callers uh, no. to call in. <laughs> and I was looking, and I think we actually had three callers. Oh wow! And, and I was not expecting that, so I was not paying attention as closely as I should have. All right. Next time we'll pay more. We will. Well, I'm so innovative. Find me on Twitter. Um, I'm also on Instagram. You might want to spell, spell so innovative. S innovative sew innovative so find me on there follow me and next friday we'll be here okay well and i am also online uh i am not going to share that with you on this episode uh of this podcast get a little more into the podcast uh how regularly do you want to do these in that last 30 seconds probably every other friday so not this upcoming friday Friday. but next okay
Friday after that. Okay. We'll back so both we'll do this every other Friday, probably us together. I'll probably do some by myself every now and then. Uh, in between, I'll probably do one on election day because okay. this is the biggest election. Oh yeah, day. let's do so one. We'll on probably Tuesday. do yep. one. Uh, make sure you call in before we go. The number is six four six 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 eight eight five seven nine. Six four six 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 eight eight five seven nine. We'll see you on Tuesday. See you on Tuesday, guys. guys. Go vote. All right, bye. Is that? Yay! <sighs> I have much to say.